Okay. Let me know when you're ready. Thanks. Um, I'm Tommy, recovering compulsive overeater and food addict. Uh, grateful to be here today. I have my notes here in front of me. It says, no notes. Uh, in God I trust. So hopefully uh, I don't have any uh, preconceived agenda to give to you today. I'm not preaching. I'm just sharing what comes through to me. Um, grateful to be here again. I, I, I was just thinking before that when I, I've been around a long time in OA, because when I started, I was one of the younger ones. Now I'm one of the older ones. So uh, I remember I went to my first meeting. It was uh, in 1984. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was in denial for so many years that I had a problem because I wasn't obese. Yet I was suffering on all levels. I was messed up physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. I was dying each day uh, on all levels. My life was really, really going to hell. And, you know, I, I, I always portrayed myself as being a real healthy eater. Everybody thought I was like the healthiest eater they ever saw. You know, I was pretty healthy uh, in public, but in private, all bets are off. Uh, and that was kind of demoralizing to me because I kind of knew what, what a healthy diet is, and yet I couldn't come close to having that. And if I ate foods that were healthy, I ate such huge quantities that it became unhealthy. So I took the, health, I took the healthy out of the healthy and turned it into unhealthy. Um, basically, I couldn't stop eating. You know, in childhood, food was a great survival tool. I had a very, very painful childhood emotionally. And I just didn't feel my parents were very supportive. They both uh, were compulsive eaters. Uh, my father was more of the binger and my mother more of the grazer. And even though my father didn't remember it, I remember going to uh, an ice cream place and he would eat just tons. I was so embarrassed. He doesn't remember that. but. And, and just, you know, food for me was always larger than life. In childhood, it was a great survival tool. You know, I, I just remember my grandma, you know, eat, 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 you know. And food was uh, just, it was just, she'd force, food, force feed me, you know, pretended Superman coming down into my mouth, you know, because she knew I liked Superman. So uh, I still have memories of places to eat. Uh, I don't know, uh, 50, 60 years ago. And, and I could taste the food. I have a lot of food memories. That was like food equals love. That's what I learned. The problem was, it, it's, it kept me going through childhood. The private what problem was I took it way beyond its usefulness, well into adulthood. And like I said, I was in denial. You know, why would I want to give up my best friend, my lover, food? And I remember a woman... I was probably 28 then. Uh, she was beaming about her OA experience. I was very happy for her. I had no idea that I would have any interest, that I would ever be in OA, that I would qualify, that I would want to be there. I was totally out of, you know, I, would, I, I just stuffed myself all the time. You know, I was always numbed out. It wasn't until I got in the program that I learned I had insomnia because I would always eat to sleep. And so what happened was, uh, again, 1984, so I was about 33. I, uh, I had a friend over, and 
I, I, I ate like six bowls of cereal in front of him and other stuff too. And he was commenting, he was kind of calling me out in my eating and I was defensive. You know, well, it's healthy. But the truth is I never eat like that in front of people. So it was kind of a cry for help. And, and right around that time, what an incredible blessing I had. There was like a weekly newspaper where I lived and all I saw were the words compulsive and overeating and it just, it, it just struck me. It really rang a bell. And that was the first, I never really thought of myself as having a problem. I really didn't. And, and uh, I went to an OA meeting. I had it all figured out. Typical stuff. I didn't belong. I didn't belong anywhere. I tried all kinds of spiritual groups. I went to 30 of them one year. I felt more and more isolated. So I had it all figured out. They'll all be 300-pound housewives, and I went to fit in. There wasn't one 300-pound housewife. People all shapes and sizes. And, uh, and I actually shared, which was shocking, because I was so into myself. I was so out of touch with feelings, usually. And I was sharing how food was my best friend, my lover, and I took it to bed with me at night. And I, I felt a connection. You know, I felt I'm feeling emotional when I say this. It was a beautiful thing because I finally felt like I belonged somewhere. And I finally felt the connection to higher power at that one meeting. I just felt it. You know, I couldn't, any religious group I tried, I, I didn't feel it. I mean, they were, all, they were decent, you know, it wasn't bad. The people were nice, but I just felt it. And, you know, I realized now one of the kindest things I did for myself was I didn't come back for two years and three months. I, I, I phrase it like, usually I phrase it like, I liked it so much I didn't come back in two years to three months. But the truth is, I wasn't really ready. Sorry about that. I don't know how I got muted. Why um, it was one of the best things that I waited before I came back was because it had to get bad enough. That's when I really hit the bottom. Now, I always had a good feeling about the program. I memorized the seven meeting sites in the county. So I actually tried going to one. I wouldn't leave the car. I went in the parking lot of an apartment complex. Then I just went and ate some sweets somewhere, a movie theater. That was the best I could do. But anyway, so it was really a blessing that I waited. It's, it's, I suffered more and more. But the blessing was I could not go in this program and fail. In other words, not be perfect. But I couldn't go in, be absent, not be absent. I couldn't. I could hardly focus. You know, I'm absent. You know, I just had to kind of do it right. And that, the situation was like, I got tired of just surviving in life. I needed to thrive. I either was going to really live or really or kill myself. Basically, is what it came down to. I'm really glad I chose life. So, so everything changed when I started in the program. It was just, just incredible. Uh, the connections I had. You know, I didn't want to isolate. I got an answering machine because this one woman was calling me or calling in her food. And, you know, I was just so happy to see the green light on the machine. You know, I mean, I was isolated so bad. And, uh, and one guy told me, he had the audacity to tell me that, well, in, in AA, they say it's good to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. I thought he was crazy. I went to 110 meetings in 90 days. That's how crazy he was. And, you know, it really, really helped me be connected. And, you know, I did service whenever, when I had some abstinence. It was, I'll remember right now, February 8th, 
1987. I came back in January of 87. February 8th, it was about 8.30 p.m., and I was ready to go to the local store to binge. They closed at 9. And then I tried the old willpower. That lasted about three minutes. Willpower really is won't power. So that lasted about three minutes. And then I was ready to go, and I got down on my knees, and I just, please help me, that's all I said. And that was the start of my abstinence, and one day at a time. And it was such a beautiful involvement. I, I didn't even, I didn't even, I never ate breakfast, you know. I just binged, and I was so full, and then I ate later, and I ate sweets. And I had to train myself to eat breakfast. You know, I cooked, I ate like three teaspoons of hot cereal. It was like like a training period, you know, I was on training wheels or something, how to eat, how to live life. The program taught me all that. And, you know, eventually I sponsored, I got a sponsor. I did all kinds of OA events. You know, I really do believe that I was willing to go to any lengths. I'm really grateful that I hit a bottom because I used to drive miles for the perfect food fix that didn't exist. I put a lot of energy into my addiction. So gratefully, I have that same energy. It's just a matter of rechanneling it, which I did into the program. The program has been incredible for me. It's led me to other programs, which I didn't want, but it's been really helpful. Uh, always still important to me. That, you know, I'm still abstinent from that day, 33 years, 33 years, what is it, February 8th? It's coming up on 34. 33 years and 11 months, one day at a time. It's imperfect. The bottom, I eat more than I need. I, owe, I tend to err on the side of more. But I have, as far as best of my knowledge, I have not binged in almost 34 years. And that's because of the program. And I learn a lot from people in the program. One woman literally, I, she was a little off, I think, she grabbed my arm and said, if you're abstinent, you got to do whatever you can to keep, stay abstinent. Because once you lose it, it's really hard. That's what has her experience. And uh, I remember that. You know, whenever I think that I had this disease licked, which uh, is ridiculous. I talked to my sponsor, or I mentioned at a meeting, to get that insanity out of my head. Now, why is that insane? Well, it's insane because I'm doing good, so I feel like I don't need to do it anymore. Well, why am I doing good? Because I've taken all the positive action that's recommended for my recovery. How was I doing before I took the positive action? I was miserable. So to think that stop doing what works will make me keep me being happy is totally insane. What I realized recently, it's because of self-centeredness. You know, it's not me thinking that I'm the one that's, you know, that, that's the answer, the solution. I'm the problem, not the solution. You know, if anything, I think is the problem. So, you know, that's just, uh, just not true. Uh, it's only because of my higher power and all of you in the program, which helped me connect to my higher power. That's why I've had some uh, great recovery. I really have had a great recovery, I'm willing to say that. I have a very strong recovery and a strong abstinence and a strong higher power connection. And the best thing I've done is I've been consistent. You know, I don't, look, I, I, listen, to my I listen to my thinking too much on an emotional level, but I don't listen enough that, I, that I, I, I do well. You know, I reach out a lot. I have what I call a phone call ministry, which is developed since I let go of sports pretty much almost totally when my team lost the Super Bowl last year and uh, how bad I was affected. And I make tons of phone calls, receive tons of calls. I promote the phone use. It's an incredible tool. It was just mentioned before by Shai. It's an incredible tool. 
incredible. I work steps 10, 11, 12 every time I make a phone call. I make sure that I leave an extensive message. You know, I plan on somebody not answering because most of the time people don't answer, we're busy. You know, but usually they call back, I call back. I tell on myself, step 10, I, when I connect with other guys in recovery, it's connecting to my higher power, conscious contact, step 11, and I'm being of service, 12. Every phone call will reduce the addiction and reduce the negative emotions. It really does. When the craving's there, it's good to call. The truth is it's good to be proactive with the calls before the craving even comes. If I'm proactive, I might not even get that craving. You know, just doing things every single day that work. Just taking it today. What could I do today for my recovery? Procrastination is a death sentence in recovery. You know, I can't take days off. Days off become off days. Off day could be an off year. I might never be back. You know, it's easy to say I'll be here forever. I can't say that. You know, I've been here a long time. It feels like I've been here forever. I've been here over half my life or close to it. But I've been absent almost half my life, which is a miracle. So the program is still working for me. You know, it's all about connecting. It's all about getting out of my head, which uh, is a bad neighborhood. I'm still there too much, but, you know, I, I do what I can. Progress, not perfection. Uh, one thing I've been doing lately, which is very helpful, is uh, doing 10 steps in the big book format on page 84. Where have we been selfish, dishonest, fearful, resentful? Ask God to remove it. Uh, share it with someone immediately, make that call. Make amends if needed, make another recovery call, reach out to someone in recovery. It's been incredibly healing, especially when I do it at the onset of the negative emotion. Uh, way too long, uh, it still, it, it keeps it from, from increasing. But uh, that's, that's been really helpful. Um, you know, I have a certain routine. Uh, I put recovery first. First thing in the morning, that's what I do. I start with meditation, which is an ongoing challenge for a, a guy with OCD with mind sleeps going on and on. But, you know, I do get some peace. I do uh, some writing, some 10-step work, some spiritual reading, uh, some phone calls from praying. I don't do really distraction-type activities, uh, and I keep them to a minimum anyway. I look at the difference between positive action and distraction for me. Positive action is healing, brings me closer to God in my understanding. Uh, distraction is negative action, takes me further away. And I, I, I can't help myself, I have to say this. So if you take the word distraction, the last six letters are action, A-C-T-I-O-N. I look at it as positive action. The first three letters, dis, meaning not. Distraction is not taking positive action, it's negative action. I need to take positive action upon positive action upon positive action. I will get positive results in God's time. If I take negative action, I'll get results in my time, but they're not good for me. So that's a, that's a really important factor. I feel like my I mean, you got five minutes. Thank you so much. I feel like my recovery is booming, and it's mainly, for, as far as I'm concerned, it's been good all this long time, but it hasn't been at this level until I uh, let go of distraction about a year ago. And somebody I sponsored noticed a difference. I'm just more spiritually connected. You know, it's about it's about developing a spiritual di a spiritual discipline, uh, which just carries over onto everything. You know, a certain routine. Just do every, do what works. Do it every day. No excuses. 
my addict always looked for excuses, softer, easier, softer way, which doesn't exist. It's not only a harder punishing way, self-punishing. So I need to not listen to my own thinking. I realized lately that, it, that good self-care is not trusting my thinking. The distinction is to trust my intuition, which is God-given, not, uh, not my thinking. And uh, so anyway. Uh, being of service is really important. I uh, <laughs> I don't know how. I sponsor 17 guys, and uh, seems to be working somehow. And I just do. I just be open, you know. I I don't have to talk to everyone every single day, you know. It's uh, it's something that's helpful for me. It really is. Uh, when I first started sponsoring, I kept questioning myself. The key is to just keep taking action, no matter what I think, you know doesn't want need not be in the equation i can't wait till i want to do something in order to act because i'll be waiting a long time but if i take the positive action eventually i want to do things that are good for me because i resist everything that's good for me basically so i resist, I resist going to a meeting not this time I think. but uh i go and i feel better you know, it's always good stuff that i tend to resist so the matter is, it's not a matter of resistance being bad, it's just getting through the resistance, that's all. And uh, again, uh, release the negative emotion and temptation as soon as possible, because it doesn't go away on its own. That's my experience. I wish it would, but it doesn't. So I need to make that phone call, you know, text when needed, but a phone call is 10 times better. And, and they get me out of my head, surrender before it builds up and stuck. So I want to say that I have a wonderful recovery. This program's incredible, continues to be. Uh, it works. It's a matter of how I want to deal with it, if I'm willing to work it. Uh, but I really do need to go to any lengths to have that mentality. Just the half measures thing doesn't work. Uh, any lengths doesn't mean perfection. It just means consistent effort every day, realizing I'm truly powerless. I need to take the actions at work and just do it and don't question just do it thank you that's all folks thank you for that insightful lead and that uh, well-spoken description of your recovery